1: Welcome back to the Autonomous Electric Vehicle Summit here at Freight Waves. This is Alan Adler, the Detroit Bureau Chief. And this is the part of the Autonomous Electric Vehicle Summit, which is not virtual. This is a live a, a segment, and we're thrilled to have Don Burnett from Kodiak Robotics. Don flew in from San Francisco. Uh, which is pretty special, although it's also pretty hot out there. It, it is pretty yeah. warm, yeah. So, anyway, so a little background, guys, uh, on Don. He uh, uh, really goes way back in the autonomous space. Now, we understand that autonomous trucking is comparatively new, but autonomous vehicles really aren't. They've been around for a while, and you actually started uh, back with the, uh, with the Google self driving car project. You started even before that with Chris Emerson at at, at uh, CMU at Carnegie Mellon, followed him out to Google. Uh, ended up at, at Auto Truck for a while, yes, and, right. and then and, and, and moved on from there. So, so this is not new to you. What is it about the whole truck thing, though, that, that got you into it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been quite a while. It's been an interesting interesting journey for sure. As you said, uh, going all the way back to CMU, you know, it was very much a research based topic at the time. We were researchers in academia coming out to Google. Uh, It was a lot of fun. It was very fast paced. We were just trying to push the technology in any direction we really could. And that went on for several years. And it was gradually getting more and more advanced. People were getting more excited about it, et cetera. And so we started to think about what are the commercial applications. And there was this large focus, I would say industry wide um, at the time around robo taxis. But I really felt like there was a better commercial opportunity, and a better technical challenge to be solved in the long-haul trucking space. So it was about 2016 timeframe. Uh, I decided to leave Google. They were going in the robotaxi direction. And I really wanted to focus my efforts, my use my experience, knowledge, etc., in the long-haul trucking space, which is when I, I co-founded Auto.
1: Yeah, and, and you were, and, and, and Otto, of course, uh, you know, it didn't last. But then Kodiak came around later, right. uh, 18 or 19? 20, 18. 18, 2018. Yeah. So uh, I once called you a uh, 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 latecomer. That may or may not be fair, but the fact is, that, you know, you were not the first name out there. And you operated somewhat in quiet mode, silently for a while. You didn't make a, a lot of press releases and things like that. Mm-hmm. One round of funding and then, you know, kept going and, and that kind of thing. But lately, Kodiak has been uh, in the news a lot. And let's talk briefly about some of the announcements you've made uh, recently, including, including one with Pilot. Sure. Yeah, it's been, it's been
0: a really exciting four and a half years now. It's crazy to think that it's been that long. You know, it takes a little bit of time to ramp up on the technology, but we were very fortunate to start the company in a time when we there was a rich and mature ecosystem built up around AV. So we were able to leverage a lot of third-party services on the hardware side, on the sensing side, and um, on the software and services side as well. And so that allowed us to really accelerate our, our progress. And we have made a lot of strides on the capability side. And now we've been really focusing on commercialization. And as we think about expanding our, our network, growing the product, maturing the product. That's where some of these more recent announcements with uh, Pilot, uh, for instance, come in. Pilot, of course, as, as everyone will know, is one of the, the largest uh, travel center providers across the country. And we are focusing on what we call a hub-and-spoke model for deploying this autonomous technology, where the autonomy uh, drives from a terminal or a hub that's highway adjacent hundreds or thousands of miles down the road, pulls off at another hub where we then transfer the trailers to a manually driven tractor where a human would take the load, the, the final or first mile, if you will. And so that's where Pilot plays a crucial role in this ecosystem because companies like Kodiak aren't going to be able to uh, build infrastructure throughout the United States in any kind of timely or efficient manner. So we have to partner with the existing infrastructure, and, and Pilot's been a, a great partner for us so far.
1: Yeah, and it was kind of a surprise, although you've been with them for a while, actually. You've also done a couple of things. I'll click off pretty quickly. I'm I'm sort of digging the whole mirror thing, where you've got everything all packed into the mirrors, which is a, a maintenance thing that you've talked about. You've got the uh, mapping light, if I have that term right, where you're actually doing, uh, You 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 argue, and I would agree with you, that Pretty much every mile on the highway is sort of the same. So do I really need every tree and every billboard mapped, uh, you know, on the, on the highway? So those are a couple other things that, that you've announced. But let me, let me broaden this out a little bit because I think it's real important that we get your take on where we are on the road to commercialization. You're in 10 states now, running in 10 states. Mm-hmm. But, but how about the industry? Give me a sense from your perspective of how far are we and what are the impediments or the roadblocks, if you will, to commercialization? Sure. The, from
0: a technology standpoint, we are farther along than most people realize. And this is one of the things that we're always trying to portray publicly, externally, and, and get people to experience the technology. But the trucks are incredibly capable today. They can handle just about all of the driving tasks that you would expect a truck or, or vehicle to have to handle out there on the roadways particularly in the highway environments which is what we focus on this is this is why we've now turned our attention toward uh maintenance and sustainability uptime utilization things like that that's where the mirror pod and the sensor pod technology comes in and for those who don't know kodiak has has moved our sensor suite externally to these singular pods these monolithic pods that are on the sides of the truck this provides us a very good view of the world 360 degrees around the truck for an autonomy perspective, but it also makes it very easy to install the system and easy to replace the system in the field if something goes wrong, if sensor brakes needs to be replaced or what, what, what have you. Um, and we think that that is really important to scaling the technology over time. Um, and then with that scale and, and that expanse, as you mentioned, It's really important that we have a technology system that can handle the highway environment that we're operating in at scale, which is where that lightweight mapping system that you mentioned comes in. Most of the industry runs on the opposite of lightweight, high high definition maps, and they're very detailed and cumbersome to build, cumbersome to maintain, and, and hard to scale. And we think that our approach really lends itself to more of a commercial application.
1: Talking about the 10 states uh, for a moment, you know, it's, it's interesting. I saw a map. We were, we were at the uh, ACT uh, Research uh, Seminar 67 was the number uh, a few weeks ago. And there was a map that showed up. I've got I've to find it. But it was almost all red. But there's one really big white spot on it, and it was the state of California. And the map was showing where there is legislation or regulation that allows commercial autonomy, Right. California is the home to yourself and many of your competitors, right, uh, from all around. And uh, the question that I would have to ask you is, California isn't on board yet. What's it going to take and how important is California to this? Sure. So to begin, we've
0: focused on Texas early on. We have a, an office in Texas. We were the first autonomous trucking company to get to Texas. Now, every other company is, is operating in Texas um, and we've been on the I-45 corridor like you know, many of our competitors. But we, that's three and a half years old now. We've, that's really been our bread and butter. And so we've been pushing to expand broadly across the entire United States. As you said, we're in 10 states. We think this is really important for the evolution of the technology. It's not enough to just focus on one small regional area. We really need to prove that the technology is applicable broadly across jurisdictions, across the different complications that you encounter throughout the United States. Of course, we're still focusing on the southern uh, southern portion, the Sun Belt um, but California, as you mentioned, is, is uh, one of those uh, states where commercial operations has not yet been allowed. I would say that that hasn't been holding us back necessarily up until this point because we have been able to operate in places like Texas. Um, you know, Arizona has been really big, but really all the states along the I-10, I-20 corridor have been, um, have been on board with this technology and are on board with the technology now. Of course, the missing piece is California. The port of L.A., obviously a massive port. A lot of freight goes through there. You think Atlanta to to L.A. That's one of the biggest lanes that AV technology is really going to be able to to make more efficient and increase utilization on. So California is really important to us. We are working with uh, the government there. We're working with all the regulators, the DMV, the governor's office. Uh, We have a great relationship with the Highway Patrol, uh, CHP, and so it's, a, it's an ever-evolving, ongoing conversation. I would say it's a very um, positive conversation. Everybody wants to support this technology. They want to make sure that we do it right, that we roll it out correctly, we roll it out in a safe way. And this is something that we're, we're actively working with them on.
1: And yet, 2012 is really the last time they sort of wrote anything down yeah. about this. And so we're 10 years out, and, and we still don't have it. Again, that's not Kodiak's issue. That's the industry's issue to get there. I know that, I know that you have, and I'll, I'll plug it for Friday's truck tech newsletter, uh, because we're talking about California dream and getting there and, you know, what, what's going to, what's it going to take? Because it feels like a really big miss right now. Anyway. Um, there's another thing that's kind of interesting, uh, you know, about, uh, autonomous vehicles. You know, when we think about electric trucks and we think about Autonomous trucks, right? Mm-hmm. They tend to operate in separate lanes yeah. right now. They don't, they don't really seem to have much of a merger going on. What is that going to take? What do we need to do to get there? I mean, I guess everybody I talk to says, it's a really good idea and we're working on it. Pick it up from there. Sure.
0: Well, obviously, these days we're focused on... uh, we're focused on diesel trucks because Mm -hmm. that's what really have available. And uh, for the autonomy purposes, particularly over the road, that's really where that asset utilization, that increased hours of service and the efficiency really uh, has the biggest bang for the buck. And that's where the industry, certainly Kodiak, has been focusing today. That being said, I think electrification is the future. Most people would, I think, agree with that. However, in the trucking space... It's a little bit more complicated because of the, you know, the simply the loads, the distances, and the 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 power densities isn't there in batteries today. I think it's very interesting to think about uh, hydrogen power and um, the the technologies and the the folks that are working in that area. I think that's probably going to be the the technology that brings us over the road long haul. uh, zero-emission technology.
1: And, and it may not be a fuel cell because just today, Cummins announced that they've got a, a letter of agreement with uh, Werner Transportation for 500 hydrogen internal combustion engines. Right. So, you know, this is coming later part of the decade. Yep. Probably before fuel cells are widely in, in uh, operation. But you know, you've told me that you're working with uh, pretty much everybody. right? But Nikola comes to mind, they're going to have fuel cells out next year, and that's where you get to the 500 miles and beyond, right? And then, but if you're able to run, uh, it just seems fascinating to me, but if you can have an internal combustion engine that can run hydrogen, seems like a pretty good option that's really exciting
0: and i mean the great thing about where we focus our effort is that we're we're very much platform agnostic the sensors the compute the intelligence the decision making the ai the machine learning that it doesn't care whether it's in a you know combustion engine diesel engine hydrogen fuel cell or battery electric We can operate in all of those modalities on all those different platforms. Now, it remains to be—it's easy for me to say, of course. Now, you know, we have to actually uh, put up and uh, and demonstrate that technology, and that's something that we're, we're very eager to do. As you as you mentioned, you know, we talk to a lot of the manufacturers that are that are on the forefront of this technology. It's not our specialty, so it's not the thing that we focus on. But we're very excited about the direction that the industry is going. And we're excited to showcase how autonomous and electrification can come together and really, you know, push us into the future of transportation, which I think is very exciting.
1: Well, and this afternoon, plug time, folks, but this afternoon, you're going to hear from Michael Taylor, um, who is the uh, the head of uh, powertrain integration for Cummins, one of your partners. Yes. Uh, and working with you and several of your competitors, uh, arrivals uh, on just that. Because really, you don't, with the agent engineers you have, you don't really want to spend your time doing power integration. I mean, what, what would be the sense in that when it's available? That's right. We, we don't
0: want to focus on that. We want to spend our efforts on the autonomy portion, which we think is our expertise. That's the area where we really have our value add. And we'd want to focus on that and let the other guys uh, specialize in their areas.
1: Sure, sure. Well, and again, I think, uh, you know, we, we talked to Mike when we were down in Indiana a couple of weeks ago, and, and you know, uh, he, he makes a great case. I mean, you know, again, they are powertrain agnostic. They don't really care so much about, you know, which way is, the, uh, is this going to go. Uh, they just want to be there for all of it, right? I mean, that's kind of what they're looking for. Um, you know, so I think that there's there's a, a number of areas like this. I mean, the commercialization piece we've we've talked about. I mean, it's probably a little far off uh, yet in terms of really you know taking the driver out. I don't even ask you anymore when you're going to take the driver out because you probably wouldn't tell me if you knew.
0: Yeah, we're going to take the driver out when it's when it's safe to do so. I do mm-hmm. think it's coming in the in, in the next few years. Uh, but it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what's going to happen. Pretty much every prediction is generally going to be wrong, and so we, we don't like to make predictions. But look, we're we're at a point where we're in the in the stage of development, which is all about validation, functional safety analysis, proving that the system is, uh, is safe. This is why we recently announced our fallback system where we demonstrated that our truck is monitoring over a thousand diagnostics in the AV system, in the sensors in the platform, so like the engine light and tire pressure, tire monitoring. We have a partnership with Bridgestone. We, were, we work very closely with them on the tire characteristics, wear and tear, preventative maintenance, those types of things, which are very important to preventing incidents that otherwise wouldn't have needed to happen. And so our system is monitoring all of these diagnostics. And if anything uh, goes out of range, if anything trips, if there's any kind of fault that's detected, then the truck can safely... Uh, pull pull over to the side of the road, come to a safe stop, ask for help, diagnose the problem. And then we have rem- a remote operating system, remote monitoring system that can actually go in and diagnose the truck remotely. And we can either send out a driver to to rescue the truck if it if it really can't continue driving, or we can fix it and then send the truck on its way.
1: I, th- I thought it was interesting. This involves one of your rivals, but, but this whole idea of, of uh, speaking to the police. Mm-hmm. If you have a... a, a a, a law enforcement come up to have a little box on the truck where they can get the documents that they need to check the truck out because there's nobody to talk to them, right? I mean, at least not, not yeah. live. Uh, so I think you're all kind, of, all of you in this space are are sort of coming up with interesting, uh, you know, you know, things that need to be tested. We've got to figure out how this works. Obviously, the redundancy you're building in now, you know, braking, steering, right. uh, you know, compute, all of the things that would be both fail-safe and you know driver safe, right? I mean, you know, that's all there, as you said, on the technology side, you're getting there rather quickly. So it's not really a technological problem anymore. And yet, when we come back to this whole idea of taking the driver out, that's where the savings comes in. Now, I realize, as you said, with the hub approach, hub-to-hub approach, you've got plenty of work for the drivers to do to run short loads and arguably get home at night. Better jobs right. than running two weeks on the road as as it's not a real popular job. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the same point, though, applies. Getting the drivers out of those long-haul trucks, though, is where the savings really comes in and where the TCO begins to matter.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's really a two-pronged uh, benefit. You have the reduced cost because you don't have the driver in the cab. But at the same time, you can double your asset utilization. If you're a carrier, if you're one a private fleet, if you own a bunch of trucks, you can suddenly run those trucks two to three times more per day, generate two to three times more revenue uh, than you could previously with a given asset because autonomous trucks are not restricted by the same hours of service that a driver would be, right? Drivers are restricted to 11 hours, but if you look at the average uh, long haul, it's about seven hours that a, tr- a truck driver is generally moving uh, throughout the day. And so, we can, we can increase that utilization 2 to 3x, which we think is going to be very compelling. Uh, very compelling in its own right, it, it, you know, separate from the cost savings uh, to the carriers and to the fleets. And I think it's going to drive efficiency in the market. Uh, it's going to improve supply chain. It's going to Uh, provide resilience, right? That's another thing people don't think about. Uh, These trucks are always going to show up, right? They're always going to show up to work. They're never going to be sick. They're not going to be drowsy, right? They're not going to be late. They're going to be on time. They're going to be coordinated at a high level, right? So think about scheduling, uh, spacing. uh, If you have a hub that you need to have, like one truck come in every two minutes, right? You can actually do that with an autonomous fleet. You can schedule and, and space them out that way. So there's a lot of benefits that go beyond just saving on cost. Um, and that's why I think this is a really exciting technology, because I think it's going to touch a lot of the supply chain challenges that we've all been facing in the last couple of years.
1: Right. I've got to ask you because I asked you last night, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make you tell the whole audience if you will. Where did the name Kodiak come from? You said it's not a good story. Actually, I thought it was a pretty good story. <laughs>
0: sure. So we, um, I'm a pilot, and uh, as I was mentioning to you, and uh, when I was learning to fly, there was this plane that was always at the airport. It was called. It was a Kodiak plane, and I thought it was a really cool looking plane. I uh, didn't really know anything about it, and then when we were looking. Uh, for for names, we kind of looked online for some some interesting names. Kodiak was one of the ones that was listed, and I was like, "Oh, that's a really cool plane." Of course, it's also a, the grizzly bear from Kodiak Island in Alaska, and it just seemed like a really good, rugged,
1: Str- tr- strong name. Strong name, yep. exactly.
0: And so we decided to go with it. And more importantly, the the domain KodiakAI was available, was available, which beautiful. is always important yeah. when you're starting up a company. So yeah, Absolutely. that's how the name uh, that's how the name yeah. got started.
1: All right. Well, folks, we're getting ready for a lunch break here. Uh, we will be back after lunch with What the Truck. Uh, you're going to see more of me. I hope you're not sick of me yet because you're going to see more of me there. But we have some great guests lined up there. And uh, Don, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for coming in. Made it kind of special to do a live version of this. But uh, we hope you're enjoying the Autonomous Electrical Summit. And we have lots more for you coming up after the break.